All right, this is an emergency episode of the So Baseball, So Football, So Roma, So UCLA, So Fenwick, So Loyola, um, general sports podcast. Um, I was going to do this as a blog post or Twitter thread, um, and maybe I still will, but I wanted to get my thoughts out there on last night's UCLA-Arizona State game and in general the UCLA-Arizona weekend last Thursday. So, we've got two games, the Bruins on the road. And to some extent we'll talk about UCLA-Oregon a couple weeks back, um, which was also one of these type of dogfight games where the, the Bruins are sort of being headhunted um, this game, the Oregon game was played at home by the Bruins, but no fans in the building. So it was sort of like a neutral site in a sense. Um, and we can tack that down to the Bruins being flat after having a, a month long layoff because of COVID. So that sucked for them. But, um, if you want to talk about this weekend's games, a loss at Arizona on Thursday, and then an even more surprising loss last night, triple overtime loss to Arizona State in Tempe. So what is going on? And I've been talking to a friend on Twitter, um, someone I've never met, but somebody I play fantasy baseball with. Um, He's a Kentucky fan, so he's been explaining this to me. And I guess I should have known this through all my years of rooting for the Bruins, but When you're in one of these historic programs, especially when those historic programs are a top 10 team or made a deep tournament run or are projected to do great things in the tournament, these teams get up for you. Um, We saw that with Oregon. Obviously, the, the big teams like, you know, Villanova coming out to the West Coast, they're going to give you a good game. Gonzaga absolutely slapped us around. On our own, no, not on our own floor. This was in Vegas. It was a neutral site. We got slapped around by Gonzaga. We just don't have the size to compete with Gonzaga. And if we don't start shooting much, much better, we're not going to have a chance against, especially the way Gonzaga has improved. So they've got their guy, uh, Chet Holmes or whatever his name is, the seven foot guy who's draining threes, blocking shots. I mean, this. Uh, Chet Holmes is going to be a lottery pick in next year's draft. He, when you when you have one of these kind of seven-foot guys who can shoot, um, they're going to the NBA pronto. I mean, the guy's a complete string bean, but it probably doesn't matter. So, moving on, getting back to last night's game. UCLA, even that weekend against... I keep flashing back to other times. The weekend in the mountain states, uh, Colorado and Utah, we looked kind of shitty against those teams to where we were thinking we're going to lose to Arizona when we come back home on Tuesday. No, we crushed Arizona. We dominated them on our own floor and looked great, which is why we vaulted up to a number three AP rating this week and then going on the road to face Arizona again we just got handled um, 
and a lot of it was our three-point shooting. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. I know these guys all can hit threes to a man. Maybe not Cody Riley, but everybody else shoots the ball really well from three in you know general uh, game conditions. But they just can't seem to do it on the road in games. We're shooting like 21% from three. It's uh, really bad. So what is going on? Well, um, here's the type... It's the types of threes they're taking. It's the fatigue level that the Bruins get themselves to. The Bruins work so hard on defense. Cronin has these guys running their asses off, uh, running through screens, you know, helping out. The Bruins play fierce defense, and I think they come down the field, Tiger's bringing the ball up court. Not field, sorry, court. Tiger Campbell brings the ball up court, and everybody, you know, Johnny and Johnny and Hakez go to their corners to spot up for threes. Maybe Johnny runs off a screen. Um, Cody Riley seems to come out to the top of the key for some reason, um, maybe to, to set a high pick and roll, but then sort of stays there, gets the ball, and then shoots a long two, which is like, that's not the shot you want. So uh, shot selection fatigue on the offensive end, lack of movement on the offensive end, which I think comes from fatigue. So you can't play all out on both sides of the ball. This is why those kind of run and gun teams would have games up in the, you know, 110s because they just don't, they don't worry about um, defense as much so that they can fast break and, you know, be really exciting on offense. These Bruins, they have good offensive skills. Hawkes is in there fighting for offensive rebounds. And, of course, Johnny's a great shooter. Jules Bernard's a great shooter. Tiger's clutch with his, you know, threes when you need one. Um, Singleton is knocking down shots from anywhere. I don't want Cody Riley taking any shot longer than a free throw, um, especially because we need some offensive boards for him. Maybe, you know, three or four a game would really help. Um, and so my point being Cronin, figure something out, whether it's rotation, using more of your players, you have a deep bench. Um, Kynan can, I don't think Kynan played at all against Arizona state. Um, uh, even after he was having some great games last week. So if you're, if your guys are wiped from the kind of defense that you want them to play, then you got to rotate more um, and um, get fresh legs in more frequently. That's my that's my take on how to um, alleviate some of this on-court fatigue on the offensive end. Number two, um, stop chewing them out um, in every time out. Um, I think you're demoralizing them a little bit. Like mental mistakes, they happen. We saw. Jaime Jaquez inbound the ball way too far to Miles Johnson uh, to close out the first overtime, I believe, or maybe the second overtime. It was like, it was a buzzer thing. And Jaime threw the ball way too far over Miles Johnson's head. He comes over to the bench, and um, Cronin's just in his face, just like, I don't think we need that. You know, this is a this is a mature team. They're focused. They're motivated. Um, these are not like mental lapses. These guys aren't hot dogging. They're not loafing. 
So stop getting in the players' faces during the timeouts. I don't need that. And these aren't like rookie mistakes um, that need to be, um, you know, called out immediately. Talk about it in film. I don't care what you do, but stop showing up your players. We know you're a tough coach. We get it. So stop performing. So anyway, getting back to the other problem is just like teams, teams that get up for the Bruins. Every team, whether it's fucking Cal, Oregon, Stanford, Utah, Colorado, Arizona State, these bullshit schools are going to get up when they play the Bruins the same way they would against Duke, against Kentucky, against Carolina if they were good this year. Um, look what's happening to Baylor. They were dominant. And then all of a sudden, like, they've had three or four, like, weird losses in a row where you're scratching your head going, how's Baylor losing these all these games? Um, teams just get up for you. It's like a, a trap game. In an NF, they have they prepare for you, they you know they're focused, kind of how we prepared for Arizona, how we prepared for Villanova, um, and and gave them a shock. Now teams are looking to give us a shock every single game, and you don't have time to prepare for every game the way these teams are taking the time to prepare for UCLA. So I guess that's just the nature of being. Uh, top program is you're just um, and thank you to my buddy on Twitter who sort of uh, put that into focus for me because um, I was starting to take it personally and I'm like no of course of course this is how this works UCLA especially when UCLA are good you should UCLA are one of the most historic programs in college basketball uh, we some years we just suck but the years like this where we have uh, a ton of talent we're going to be targeted. So I guess I'm just going to have to live with that. So I put these losses, uh, I put it on the coach because the players are executing the game plan that he draws up. He's demanding hustle on defense. He needs to take a look at how that defense is influencing and affecting their offense. And he also needs to give different looks to the offense. I barely saw anybody moving without the ball on the offensive end last night. Johnny Juzang occasionally runs off a screen to get open for a three. Other times, I, I see guys, like I see Jules Bernard dribbling, get what looks to be an open three, open enough, and pass it up, dribble the ball just inside the three-point line, and then hoist up a shot with three on the shot clock. And that's an even worse percentage shot than like a mildly contested three with seven on the shot clock. So I'd like to see our, if you've got Tiger, Jules Bernard or Johnny or even Jaime with enough separation to get it an open three, take it. Even if there's 11 seconds on the shot clock. Um, because you know you're going to be able to get back on defense. You know you have a great chance to get a stop every time down the court. So um, I don't blame the players. I want the coach to stop chewing out the players publicly. This is a um, like committed, focused group of players. 
So chill the fuck out, Cronin. Get back to the chalkboard. Draw up some new offensive schemes. Um, other teams are winging the ball around on the perimeter and then playing high-low, getting it in and out, some post-play. I see barely any of that from UCLA. We have way too much talent, way too much grit not to make it back to the Final Four. And I'm looking to the coaching staff to get this done. So go Bruins. We've got Stanford on Tuesday. They'll be targeting us as they were last time. So let's beat their fucking asses and get back in the wing column. All right. Good night. Love you. Well, well, well. Another week, another rollicking good time on the So Baseball podcast. Sasha starts out by sharing his joy and wonderment with the Winter Games. Ab chimes in with a Pebble Beach synopsis. Ross bemoans losses by Roma and UCLA. Kevin gives us his critical MLB labor insights. And Dave speaks to a Dodgers ticket representative and is generally hilarious and delightful. Oh yeah, and some Super Bowl preview stuff just for good measure. Enjoy the show!